Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We're honored that you joined us today. It's our purpose at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, would it make any difference if you believed that God the Holy Spirit wasn't a person, but a symbol or entity? That's what atheistic or naturalistic culture would have us believe. Worse, to operate without the Spirit's guidance and empowerment is a needless and fruitless waste of his time and ours. In fact, a biblical worldview has us actively engaging with the Holy Spirit on a constant basis. Now, let's join Rick and Sean in their conversation. And as always, don't forget, we have numerous online and on-demand teaching and discipleship opportunities, as well as get the latest information about Grace Community Church by going to our webpage at roselgrace.com. Now, let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, Rick, it's great to be back with you as we uh, have the Living Your Dash podcast. And this past week, you talked about uh, having a rock-solid understanding of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so uh, I'm just kind of curious, why is this important to you? I think, and I've just observed over the years in my life and other people's lives, that people, Christians, tend to have a more solid understanding of the Father and the Son than the Spirit. They kind of have a grasp of, of you know, the ministry of the Father and ministry of the Son, but that third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, very often they're in the dark about yeah. it. Now, Sean, I've got a theory. Okay. And I can't prove this. <laughs> I grew up, as many Christians did, reading the King James Version Bible. Yes, the authorized version. Absolutely. That's what, yeah, it was good enough for Paul, it was good enough for us. That's what I was taught. Now, interesting, and you know this, in the King James Version, the Holy Spirit was referred to as the Holy Ghost. Yes. And I've always been afraid of ghosts, and most people are. And I took, when, I think when they said Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I was like, okay, okay, on the first two, but... I am afraid of ghosts. I think it gave us this idea that the Father, we understood that the personhood of the Father, the personhood of the Son, but the Holy Ghost wasn't a person, it was an it. Yeah. And that's why we didn't call him a he. Mm. It was an it. So I find it very ironic in the passage we studied Sunday, the final discourses of Jesus in the Gospel of John that Jesus is in this upper room with his apostles and they're scared to death Mm -hmm. because Jesus has said over and over again, I'm ready to leave. I'm about to leave. They are afraid. And Jesus says the antidote to your fear is going to be the Holy Spirit. Over and over he says, I'm leaving, but don't be afraid because the Holy Spirit is coming. How ironic that Jesus says the answer to your fear is the coming of the Holy Spirit and frankly, people have been scared for years and years about the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that I, ironic? I know. It's, it's funny. Growing up, uh, I remember thinking, so there's, there's Jesus, there's the Father, and there's some guy with a sheet over his head. And, and I thought, and, and I remember very, very vividly um, when I really wanted to start following Christ earnestly, I remember a message by a pastor, and he said to us, uh, and I love the way that he was teaching us theology, he says, the Holy Spirit is not an it, 
never call him an it. He is a person. He is a person uh, as part of the Trinity. And so, uh, and so I thought, wow, that what that, that's an exciting new way of looking at Trinity. Yep. Not, not to get too far off course, but I, I must also say that I, I waffled from the fear of this Holy Ghost, whatever that was. Yeah. And then sometimes, because my tradition, we saw that really the Holy Spirit helped write the Bible. And then once Revelation was done, he was kind of done. Yeah. Oh. And so uh, he was kind of like a retired author. Right. Yeah. And so I waffled between being afraid of this ghost and, well, I, I don't really have to be afraid because he's a retired author and has nothing to do with my life. Isn't that tragic? It is. That I spent so many years in my early life as a Christian not understanding what we're going to talk about today, the incredible benefit that the Holy Spirit brings to our lives in a daily, practical way. Yeah, I think that, that another part of it is that, um, well, let, let me bring this in, into into play here. So, as you know, I... I asked people in Roswell to do this this non-scientific poll and the the statement that I said was this the Holy Spirit is not a living entity but is a symbol of God's presence or purity and so obviously the biblical worldview would say that oh he is a living entity is a person not some symbol Um, but what's interesting is that the poll that people gave back to me was this 10% 10% actually agreed with that statement, and 5% didn't know what to believe. So they neither agreed <coughs> or nor disagreed, and only 85% actually agreed with the biblical worldview. So I think that even in this non-scientific poll, uh, 15% of our town believes something ephemeral about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, what, and what a, again, what a tragedy that we have 15% of people confused like I was as a young yes. Christian, confused about the benefits offered by the Holy Spirit, where Jesus himself says, you don't have to be afraid that I'm going to the Father because I will send another advocate to be with you, the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's kind of actually too bad we didn't do this the week before because last Sunday was actually um, um, Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday or Whit Sunday, if that's your tradition, if you're listening. Um, but uh, especially that beautiful promise that Peter spoke of in Acts that, that the Holy Spirit would be given. But Joel, right? Absolutely. Speaking from the prophet Joel that his spirit would be given to all people. And so it's not just to pastors or evangelists or. Uh, and here's. Here's another confusing thing is that we know that in modern day, well, I should say somewhat modern day Christianity, we know that there are, uh, well, Pentecostals, people who come from a Pentecostal or charismatic where the Holy Spirit is has an even more dramatic presence in their life. And that, that used to scare me big time. Sure. And, you know, I, I grew up, of course, in the 70s and 80s and early 90s when... Uh, the charismatic movement was kind of at its height uh-huh. in, in the American culture. And again, ironically, the Holy Spirit is given to to bring unity to Christians. <laughs> Isn't it ironic that there was so much division yeah. in those years of just conflict and fussing and fighting about the baptism of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and speaking in tongues and uh, 
I, I think, thankfully, the, the church has kind of gotten over that little spat. Yes. And we've learned to say, hey, the Holy Spirit works in different ways in different people's lives. And praise God, the, the Holy Spirit is alive and well. But we have to be careful. I appreciate you bringing this up, that we have to be careful not to diminish his presence and power in our life. So here, here's the question. What is the danger? Because some of us might say, well, if there's that much trouble to it, why even look at it? But that is a, that is a horrible mistake. Um, so what's the danger or trouble that we might be in if we don't pay more attention to who the Holy Spirit reveals about himself in Scripture? This is why I, I emphasized in the message last Sunday the word used uh, in, in John chapters 14, 15, and 16, when Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, kept calling him the paraclete. And the, the word, the Greek word parakletos means come alongside, the one to come alongside. We need to understand that Jesus is saying, listen, you don't have to be afraid because you have another, he even called it another paraclete. Yes. Referring to the Holy Spirit. So, I, Sean, I just wrote down real quickly words that the scripture uses about the the daily benefits of the ministry of the paraclete. So, Sean, in your life, when the paraclete comes alongside you, what are the benefits? The, the Bible says he empowers you, he will lead you, he will guide you into all truth, he will encourage you. Man, do you ever need encouragement? Mm-hmm. He will convict you of sin. He will gift you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. He will produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. He will intercede for you when you don't know how to pray. Why would anyone want to pass up on those incredible promised benefits? And that's simply by inviting the Holy Spirit into your life. Those are the benefits. So basically everything that I need for godliness in Christ Jesus, everything I need in order to progress as a disciple, it is the Holy Spirit that empowers me to do that. Absolutely. It's just like, think about getting in your car, and if you have the ability, turning off the power steering. Let's say all the power steering fluid (laughs) ran out of your car, and you go, well, I guess this is just what driving is all about. So now, can you make it down the road without power steering? Yeah, but you are you are going to be worn out. Yeah. You are going to be exhausted. The Holy Spirit is like power steering in our lives. Yeah, can you make it through life? Yeah, but why would you want to drive your car without the benefit of power steering? That is the truth. That is the truth. That it. it uh, I think that it really makes me uh, wonder if Jesus told us, "I'm sending you somebody, and he's going to come. It's going to be fantastic for you." And then why would I uh, turn off all the lights in the house and then uh, operate as if he were, he were never going to come? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. So here, here's my question. Um, have you ever, I mean, I can think of a couple of, of thoughts here, a couple of stories, but um, I don't know, just choosing one of those things, uh, empowering or leading or guiding or, or gifting uh, do you know? Do you remember a time when when you knew? Oh wow, this is the reason the Holy Spirit um, it needs to. Well, I need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I like. I remember uh, a time when I was doing summer missions, uh, and uh, there. And, and to be quite honest, I was pretty arrogant. I mean, I was 
I was getting up for everybody else and before anybody else and having my quiet time. And, and I just thought, you know what? I'm so holy. I can just skate through the rest of this day. Unfortunately, there was this kid there named John. And uh, I don't remember John's name, but he was the best. God just used him to be the best teacher in my life. Uh, John just knew how to push every button. I had buttons I didn't even know I had. John pushed them, and I was getting so frustrated and angry with him. I was not kind with him. And I finally just said, God, I do not know how to do this. And I need you to help me to love him. And I remember even reading that passage where it talks about how love is the fruit of the Spirit. And I remember saying, God, I cannot love him. Would you please love him through me? And I, I remember the change. He empowered me to be able to, to love him. And I remember crying uh, when he left that camp. And he was crying too because we'd become such good buddies at the end of that camp. It was amazing. What a great story and a, gr- a great example of giving up. You had to give up. Yes. You had to say, I'm going to stop trying to love this kid in my own strength and power. And so you depended on the power steering of the Holy Spirit. And yes. said, I, I, Lord, I can't love this guy. Well, let's think about the other fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. You ever need peace in your life? How are you going to find peace? Well, you don't just grit your teeth and say, I'm going to generate peace. Sometimes you just have to say, Lord, I have no peace in my life, and I'm, I need peace, so I'm going yeah. to depend on you. We just went through this pandemic, and so some of us, we we have fear. We have anxiety. We have depression. Um, what would you say then, because I think, I love how you clued it, helped, us, helped me to clue in. I did have to give that up. There, It was almost like... Um, maybe a, uh, uh, an Abraham Isaac moment where I had to sacrifice my idea of what something ought to be yeah. in order for God to give me what I really needed. And we have to surrender our independence in order to be dependent on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the good news is the Holy Spirit is ready, willing, and able. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. He's willing and wants to be. Yeah. He wants to be involved in that. Think about that the Holy Spirit, He would like nothing more than to produce His fruit yeah. in our lives at the appropriate time for the appropriate occasion. And it, that makes His day. Yeah. That makes His day when He can give you love, when He can give you joy or peace, or how about patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah. All of those fruits... He loves to produce those, and the only thing holding him back is our pride, our arrogance, to use your example, yeah. and our self-sufficiency. Yeah. And it, ju- it just takes a, a willingness to say, I can't, you can, will you? So you're saying it actually gladdens the heart of God when we come back to him and say, I've blown it. I can't do this by myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll give you an example. In my life, just, just recently, we've gone through this pandemic, and one of the things that has weighed heavily on me is here for two weeks, basically, we, we had to close down church. No meetings, no gatherings. Mm. We, we had to close down the meeting aspects of, of our church. Yeah. And so then, all of a sudden, we say, okay, we're going to start opening back up. Well, that's real easy to say, start opening back up. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts, 
Well, it was weighing heavy on me. How, how much do we open? How quick, quickly do we open? Which parts do we open up? Do we open up Sunday morning completely? Do we do use every other row? How many seats between? Do we use? Do we make people wear masks? And on and on and on it goes. And I, it weighed heavily on me. And I remembered uh, this scripture, and it's a passage that's really guided me a lot in Galatians five twenty three, right at the end of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it says, "Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit." Uh-huh. And I love that imagery, keeping in step. So. Through this, I, my prayer was, God, I don't want to get ahead of the Spirit in this situation. I don't want to open up too soon, but I don't want to be behind the Spirit. I don't want to be lagging behind and, and telling people, no, we're never going to meet again, or you know, we're not going to meet until we get a vaccine. And So I, I had to really struggle with that. And so through a lot of prayer and a lot of thought and wise counsel from other people, there's been time, Sean, I can't describe it any other way than, than just say, like, red light, green light. <laughs> that, you know, there's, believe me, there's been people who said, Rick, we need to open up, open up. Open. Yeah. Now, not yet, not yet. I just feel a red light. I don't feel like it's time yet. And, but it, it, what I've, I've seen happen is that I wake up and after prayer and counsel and just thinking and looking at everything, all of a sudden one of those red lights will turn green. And I'll say, okay, guys, this Sunday we're going to open up this part. And this next Sunday we're going to do this part. And I felt really good about the way we have started to open up grace. I feel like we're doing our very best to obey this scripture, to keep in step with the Spirit. How can I do that? Because I I don't think the Holy Spirit is a symbol. I believe he is a person actively involved in leading us. Why? Because Jesus said he will lead you into all truth. Yeah. So I want to walk according to the truth in in opening up this pandemic. So I think the spirit of truth is ready, willing, and able. I just have to be very sensitive to his leading. Well, that makes me think of a couple things. You know, audience, if you want to know how to pray for your your pastor, this is how. He's got to make these decisions. And I was privy to, I saw it on your face, Rick. I mean, some of the decisions that you had to make. There, there were people that that you loved and loved you, and they're on both sides of the argument of let's we should have we should have never closed mm-hmm. or oh you know we should probably if you really love people you should you should wait till next year to open you know and these are people both love Jesus both love you and mm-hmm. but you're the one that has to pull the trigger and so I, I appreciate your your working through this walking with the Spirit so. This also makes me brings up another thing about the church. Obviously, church, and you've already said it, church doesn't belong to you, doesn't belong to me. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. The church is led by the Holy Spirit, protected by the Spirit, and He is calling us to proclaim truth. You, t- you said that. You said that, that the church was going to be used by God to proclaim truth. What, can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean? Again, think about what does Jesus say? The church is the body of Christ. We, we are the body of Christ. Jesus has, has left us here. He is at the right hand of the Father, but he has left us, and he said, I want you to be the body of Christ. So that means we're the hands of Christ. 
on earth. We are now the feet of Christ. And Sean, we are the voice of Christ. So, if we're the voice of Christ in the world, empowered by the Spirit, one of our tasks on earth is to let the Spirit of truth, notice Jesus calls him the Spirit of truth yes. in uh-huh. the John passages, we, we must allow the Spirit of truth to speak truth through us to a lost, confused, hurting world. Yeah. And truth, by definition, is going to have to expose that which is false. So, but honestly, it, whenever the church talks about Jesus, the, the way, the truth, life, it almost sounds as if we're, it's arrogant. Absolutely. And uh, the people in, in our culture who don't believe in absolute truth, who really don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, they're going to balk at the truth. Yeah. So what do we do? Do we compromise the truth? Do we water down the truth? Well, we can't if we are allowing the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to speak truth through us. So we have to be willing to be accused of being intolerant, which Uh how many times do we hear, oh, you Christians, you're just intolerant, which means you don't just say, hey, whatever you want to do is fine with me, just stay out of my yard. Uh, We can't do that. We, We are compelled by the Spirit of truth to speak truth. Yeah, yeah. We have to speak the truth about truth. We have to speak the truth about lies and, and, and error. So that's that's part of our responsibility and the burden we carry as the body of Christ. Yeah, it's, it's a great reminder that I didn't make up these rules. Uh, I'm not the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me, but through me. That's that's Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And if somebody has a problem with that, hey, take it up with take Jesus. Take it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not me. I mean, he's yeah. the one who said it. Now, I believe it. I believe it's true. Yeah. After much examination and thought and looking at the evidence, I believe Jesus is who he said he was. And I believe yeah. he is the Son of God and he spoke nothing but truth. So if he's telling me, hey, there's there's only one way out of this mess yeah. that you guys have created, you blew the whole thing on planet Earth. There's only one way out. I'm in. So you have to decide, okay, you're going to believe Jesus or are you going to roll the dice? Yeah. I've made my decision. That's right. And, you know, as as nice as you are, Rick, I don't believe that because you believe it. I believe it because the Holy Spirit, he convinced me. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I really don't know. I just knew that that was the truth. And, of course, theologically, I understand uh, he quickened that word, made that word alive, and uh, I understand that to be the truth. But uh, I think that, that it's still important. The word tolerance, it, it, it's unfortunate that it does get a bad rap because, you know, if you were to come to my house and we had a Korean dish and, and I had a lot of kimchi, right, and I offered it to you, I mean... Uh, I would say no thanks. <laughs> Uh, but you would tolerate me eating it and speaking directly to your face, even though I would probably be able to melt titanium with my breath at that point. Um, that That's that type of tolerance. Sure. That's not the type of tolerance that the world wants. Christians need to be very tolerant. We are very tolerant of people. Yes. In the matters of opinion, my goodness, we're never going to agree on everything. But when it comes to the clear, absolute truth of Scripture, where it's clearly this is right, this is wrong. Those are the things where we we have to dig in our heels and say, no, 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 this is truth. Now, 
I'm going to speak the truth in love, but I am going to speak the truth. Right, right. It is unloving and unkind not to speak the truth. Absolutely. So, okay. Now, at the very end of your message, you gave us a great tip. I love this. You said, just invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life. You know what? I, I never heard anybody say that to me before uh, when I was growing up in, in, in my mom and dad's church. You know, what does that mean? How often do we do that? What can we expect when we invite the Holy Spirit into our life? Well, first of all, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I really didn't say that first. I was just repeating <laughs> Jesus. Uh, fascinating, in, in Luke eleven thirteen, if you then, though you are evil, know how to get, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow. How clear is that? Mm. So I, I plagiarized Jesus Sunday <laughs> by saying if you want the Holy Spirit in your life, uh, do what Jesus says. Invite him. Ask him in. Ask the Father. Father, you know, I, I'm running on empty. My tank is empty. I'm tired of trying to run my life without power steering. I need power. I need I need you to lead me, guide me, encourage me, convict me. Uh, I'm ready to surrender. Will you please give me the Holy Spirit? And Jesus said, if you will ask, the Father is more than willing to give. Yeah. I get the feeling that, that for some of us, we think, well, if I have my quiet time in the morning or my time with God, and I, and I, I may not even ask it, but let's say that I do. I ask Holy Spirit, fill me today, and then I just kind of let it sit. And I think that a lot of us do that, realizing, and I heard another pastor put it this way, we forget that we leak. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sin or we, we uh, expend a lot of, I don't know, spiritual energy. And we don't come back thinking, well, I've already asked once. Why? I shouldn't be greedy. You know, and another great passage is Ephesians 5.18, that where Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The word literally means keep on being filled with ah. the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. Why? We leak. We're like that balloon. And the balloon, the air goes out. What do you do? You have to blow air back in. And, and you just keep on being filled. So, you know, if... 10 o'clock in the morning, somebody pops your balloon, somebody <laughs> lets the air out, or, or life has a way of squeezing it. Yeah. What do you do when somebody squeezes the air out of you? You say, Lord, I need you to fill me with love. I need you to fill me with peace. I need you to fill me with patience Yeah. right now. Self-control. I need self-control. And God wants us. Again, the Holy Spirit is more than willing to fill us for every need. Rick, what would happen if Grace Community Church, all through the day, every day, just kind of gave a little check every once in a while? Am I, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? So Holy Spirit, I don't have, I can't take a chance. Come back and fill me once again. Help me to live my life for you. What would happen? I think we would experience the peace that passes all understanding, <laughs> and we would begin to see, oh, this isn't my world. I'm not really in control. This isn't for me. This isn't my church. I'm carrying the burden of the church we would see that you know, Jesus is really in control and I can, my goal is to surrender. Yeah. Just keep surrendering to him, surrendering to the leading of the Holy Spirit and let him do his work in my life. Amen, amen. I think we oftentimes think, well, what, what kind of posts are we putting up on Facebook or what kind of, what kind of letters are we, are we putting out there? But that's, that's not where the power of God's witnessing churches, is it? 
No, not at all. You're exactly right. Fantastic. Wow, Rick. Okay, any let's let's think about a couple of last things you want to let us know about uh, that's going on here at Grace. Well, we're going to continue this Sunday with our Rock Solid series, and we're going to talk about Rock Solid Salvation. I'm going to use as our text Isaiah's great prophecy of the coming suffering servant, and it, it really sends chills all over me every time I study that passage. Wow. Because to realize Isaiah the prophet, hundreds of years before Jesus, prophesied, Sean, down to the T, exactly who Jesus would be and what he would do in not only dying on the cross, but Isaiah prophesied the resurrection. And so we're going to look at this great prophecy of the, the, the suffering servant who would bring salvation so that we could have a rock-solid salvation. I I'm excited wait. about that. Can't wait. Can't wait. What else is going on? Hey, tell us about Class 101. Oh, this is going to be exciting. So uh, Janu- January, June 28th, uh, we're going to have our next uh, Discovering uh, Membership class, and we hope that you can make it. If you've been coming to Grace and checking us out, and you've been thinking, you know what, I wonder what it takes to be a, a member here, or what does membership mean? What does membership mean here at Grace? Then you need to come and check this out. I'll make sure I put a link in the description so that you can sign up online. Yeah, it's a great time. And, you know, even people who just want to know more about us. Yeah, we don't put pressure to for people to join. We don't believe that we pressure people to join God's church. Uh, We we think God leads people. Again, the Holy Spirit. There you go. The Holy Spirit (laughs) leads people. So we don't have to do arm twisting. We just say, here's who we are and... We uh, invite people, if they feel led by God, to join our church. We'd love to have it. We have a great time. It is. It's a fantastic time. All right. Rick, thanks so much for spending time with us. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at roselgrace.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at roselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.